Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 12 of Our Voices, Our Community. Each week, we focus on issues that are important to you and our community. We discuss social, political, and economic issues, but also arts and cultural and much more. Our goal is to merge local with state and national issues that affect our lives in Roanoke, the New River Valley, and Southwest Virginia. Today is a special edition of the podcast. We're discussing issues related to and important to black men, getting our perspective on the issue. I am pleased to welcome Tommy Page, who is president of Focus Radio, and also Sherman Lee Jr., CEO of New Hope uh, Support Services. Welcome, my brothers. How you doing, sir? I'm doing you well. Doing? You doing all right? Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Hey, Absolutely. man, I appreciate you guys uh, coming on a rainy day. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, it's it's just really good, man, to be amongst the brethren, man, especially on things that's going uh, forth. And hats off to you for continuing your second season, man. That's, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's, a, that's a great thing, man, to keep on putting the voices out there, man, because people are going to do what they're going to do. But mm-hmm. as long as you are conducting this thing, man, to help us try to get it right, man. Appreciate well, appreciate the opportunity, man. That's well, fun. again, I appreciate you guys. And to add to that, I just want to uh, commend you for what you've been doing, the platforms you've been creating. And Tommy, yeah, you man. as well. Both of y'all yeah, been man. doing it. I mean, yeah. uh, in this city, in the region, the valley, you know, the platforms, uh, that highlight, you know, certain things that wouldn't get highlighted. People would not know, uh, you know, especially, you know, since you've moved back from the West Coast and came here and with the magazine yeah, man. and everything you've been doing, man, it's been the real shining star around here. So, hey, my hat's off to you and everything you've been definitely, doing. Definitely. Okay, well, I'll pay you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> There's no honorarium in this, guys. I just want to let you know that. I think just it's real. important, though, man, especially, I mean, we're talking about the brethren, we talk of things going on with black men. Yeah. I think one thing is lost a lot of times that we don't take this time. Now, when we were playing sports, you know, that's the one thing we always did. We because encouraged you guys, each other. You, both of you guys play football, right? Flemming football. Mm-hmm. Come on, baby. Flemming football. football. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. we're all colonels at the table. And this is what I tell people. The one thing about our games was so different. Our band was always on point. Mm-hmm. I remember how you, drum major, came in, kept that element going and stuff like that. And it, and it's, it's, it just feels good to encourage each other to get some stuff done, brother. So, yeah, oh, most definitely. Oh, well, you guys starting this show right on the right foot. I appreciate you guys doing this. I thank you. Thank you. So let's get let's get started talking about some subjects. Here, Most brother. definitely. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about how society especially sees us as black men and how and what is our role? Do you guys think our role is in the community, especially in this in the city of Roanoke and Southwest Virginia? I mean, mm-hmm. we have a lot of our young young black men are, are in trouble in mm-hmm. a lot of ways here in this area. But you young men are um, are. I wouldn't put. Well, I don't think we're labeled those as elders just yet. <laughs> Getting <laughs> that knocking on, knocking on the door. We're knocking on the door. Tap, 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 But, but we do. You guys do play a significant role of being um, black uh, men and leaders in our community. Both yeah. of you do. Appreciate and that. So, what do you think your role should be as you as you continue to be involved? Well, I, I mean, I'll jump in because I would appreciate, I really like when Sherman, he came on my show, man, and, you know, to know the space he's really working in, the mental health space, mm-hmm. and knowing just how long we have let the clinical side of what's happening be mm-hmm. present or even talk about it, you know. 
I can talk socially because I do my best to try to stay in the hood. I try to stay with, you know, that's the one thing about being back home. You know, when you're living in Miami, you're living in Atlanta doing things, you can't go back and post up on Ferncliff. Like, you know, like you right. could, when, you know what I'm saying? And things like that. But coming back here, you're starting to see the dynamic of how do we see ourselves? You know, how are we seeing ourselves as well as looking at the impactful show? I just had a chance because I wasn't ready to watch it yet. Um, but when they see us, when you see oh, stuff yeah, like I saw that, that. Yeah. yeah, you take stuff like that and then you take the dynamic of being a part of that in the midst of it and and not seeing the progression. Mm-hmm. It really takes a person. I'm 45 now. You know, I'm 45. And it takes a person back and say, OK, I get it. And I hear what they're saying. I see what they're what. But what are we saying? And that's why something like this really encourages me because we talk about it and get to these things. I'm waiting to hear um, some of the stuff that he showed that Sherman showed on my thing. The statistics, like something as simple as, and I don't mean take over, but the, something no, as simple as well, this is a roundtable yeah. discussion. Everybody's gonna get their turn. Something <laughs> as simple as what he what he made more light to. We'll talk about, and we did it all the time. We all we we all from Northwest Rona. We all we we from there, and so we'll put something off on the brother. Say, oh, you know, he just crazy. He just wild and stuff like that. And we'll let that go yeah. throughout our growing up. And yeah. that's what we see. And we'll take that. And then now knowing that there is actual treatment. There are people who have studied. There are people who have now put science in this to help these things. And we now have brothers who've now come from that element who are now operating at a high level in that space, such as a Sherman Lee Jr., mm-hmm. that this is the time to start talking about it. So socially, I think we still are dealing with what has been the thing. We're behind. You know, they still um, yeah. holding us down. Yeah. But there's some clinical things that's actually starting to come to. I think we have to start paying attention. That's why I'm excited for a businessman and a brother like this who's doing that, yeah. that this is where we can start working yeah. on. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I guess looking at it as to, you know, what positions uh, or how we're viewed. I, I really do think that as African-American men, we're viewed as, as a threat to society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this society was built and it was created if you go further the country, but but after slavery, you know, during um, Reconstruction and Jim Crow, it was built that, OK, we were a marginalized position in society. It wasn't for us to be mayors and on councils and governors and all these things. So slowly over time, as progress has been made, we've been coming up. We've been coming up. So I think that the view is, is that that is a threat. Is, is coming and just that's just on from a business and political aspect. Mm-hmm. But then you look at just with the police brutality, the shooting yeah. in Dallas just recently. Um, these are preconceived notions that black people are violent and, and that black people, all of them, uh, are you know are some threat or harmful, and that's why it's sort of the shoot first mentality. And I think that's why we've seen. And so that's how I think that we're viewed uh, when you look from outside of our race looking in. I think yeah. that they they kind of view us. As that threat, and I think that covers on on all sides. I think that largely, you know, going back, if you go, our our debate, the laws, a lot of things are based from a hundred years ago, and so though we weren't included, so now as time goes, we're making gains, and those gains are a threat to the status quo and the power structure. What do you guys think about? You mentioned um, about the police shootings and things of that nature. Um, We've been fortunate 
to not incur any of police shootings here in our community. However, we are having shootings in our community. Um, uh, people are dying in our community. I believe, I believe it was around roughly that was 16 mm-hmm. this year. Is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think most of them have been African American. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. I know there has been, it's been a, a pattern uh-huh. that has been in yearly that, yeah, it's been African American. That's, and, Unfortunately, like coming out of our sector, you know, yeah. or at least having some type of, you know, touch to that. So, yeah. What, what are you what are your thoughts around that piece about the shoes? I know that um, and I know uh, Sherman, I know we just you know, I don't think a lot of, want to make sure everyone does know your father is the mayor of the city. Um, and I know they, uh, along with Vice Mayor Joe Cobb, created a gun violence task force. And I know they're working on trying to provide some um, helpful solutions to that. But what do you think of the state of what's going on? What do you think of some of the causes of these shootings in this area, in this neighborhood? Well, I mean, I grew up, I'm an 80s baby, you know, so growing in the 70s. So I saw the crack epidemic hit us. I saw when shootings, I saw when this first ideology, well, it wasn't first, because now when you look back in history, you see over time in our community, that has happened. And I, and I love how, uh, Sherman articulated that it is a bigger design. It's a bigger design that if that is the propaganda that's being sold, a lot of times us who are trying to so-called figure it out will feed into that propaganda. So we will self, we will self destruct. <laughs> we are self destruct, uh, versus trying to say, how do we actually change this? And I think that's what's perpetuating itself again. But the reality is all this to me stems from there's money out there. Right. The money's not reaching us. What's the problem? And right. then once you start putting that, that you, you close it off where, oh, but Northwest produces probably more business than any other sector in the city. So how is that not, it's not bleeding over causes these shootings, these uh, things that we not take dealing with the, the mental health things. So we get into other things like drugs and things like that, which goes into crime, but it's, by design and has been since this thing has been developed, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And just speaking of that, when you look at it, when you look at crime as a whole, and you look at crimes that are in largely African-American communities, and you want to look at the systemic root of how mm-hmm. all of it mm-hmm. came apart, because, you know, it seems to be a problem. You really have to look back into, and, and it's a book. I had it in my car. I almost brought it up here. It's called Warmth of Sons, and it's a book about, uh, it's about the great flight, about how blacks uh, were... Because of Jim Crow mm-hmm. and because of so much um, lawlessness that white people and the destruction that white people had over blacks coming in that area in the Jim Crow era, the blacks they, they fled the South. They they went to they migrated to New York and Chicago, yeah, and Detroit, and, and Detroit yeah. and California. Yeah. Te- I think it's from the Texas one. If you were from Louisiana and Texas, you kind of went to California, right. Virginia. We went to New York, Harlem mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that and so looking at the problem from that era, them migrating to the north, the north at the time w- wasn't ready infrastructure wise for the explosion of population. And this book, I just I always knew these things, mm-hmm. but I read the book and the book was more depth was that it would be five thousand at the train station in Chicago. At every stop, 5,000 blacks got off for years and years and years. I mean, just 
And they it was overcrowded. They had nowhere to live. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. were living in attics right. and basements. Mm-hmm. They took turns sleeping. Mm-hmm. And, and when it was like this family, they took turns sleeping. They had enough room. But what you but so when you didn't have it, the infrastructure wasn't there. Blacks had to police themselves. That created gangs. Mm. Because if you call the police, the police are not coming. Right. They don't care what they don't care right. what they do over in that side of town. Because they're right. like, all these blacks are here. They live over there. We gave them the street. We're not going over there. They call the police. We're not. So you created gangs because if if we all move from um, Selma, Alabama, and we live in Chicago or wherever we live at, um, and we all cousins, mm-hmm. now this is our house. We got to protect it by any means necessary. That's right. So therefore. It becomes the lawlessness of I'm protecting I'm protecting my space. You're protecting your space. Um, wow, wow, West. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, wow, West. Yeah, no yeah, one's yeah. Com- you call, no one's coming. Yeah, yeah. It, so yeah. we're protecting. We create gangs, and now we, we want to take. We can. So it creates a lawlessness. But all of that is because of you know the structure of America then, and how we just forgot about black folks and the terror. The, the, the the KKK, I mean, it was really the ruthlessness. You could kill for anything in the South mm-hmm. for being black in mm-hmm. those days. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and that's why mm-hmm. they left. So at the end of the day, you look at all these shootings because it's generational, generation. Because because that's, I mean, and that, that goes from 1900 to the 30s, 24s, and 50s. Generations of a mentality where I got to get mine. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take yours. I'm gonna get mine. We're gonna police ourselves. We're gonna shoot. We're gonna do whatever because of the structure of America. And so I think that's what you see now mm-hmm. with the gangs. Uh, it's basically, uh, I, I would say, co- sort of just manifestation and generational mindset that came from that era. Okay. And I think that it's came now. So I think that's what we see. Now it gets into different subjects as to what we do about it, but just the systemic. And I think that's why it's a larger issue. We look at. Whose fault? Who's responsible for this? And sometimes, you know, there is personal accountability, mm-hmm. but there is a institutional racism responsibility that you know create a lot of the crime as well. What do you, as as you talk about those items and those things, um, as as being a man, especially being a black man in this community, especially in Northwest, we all Northwest boys. Um, what do you think that we can do to help? This situation. I mean, there's other young brothers out there. Yeah. Um, we can name them on the top of our hands. They're doing actually yeah, man. doing great yeah, man. work in the community. Um, I think that's a conversation we can have later. And I, sure. I think we should make this a part two, to be honest <laughs> with you. But, but there's, there's also that trust issues even among ourselves. Mm-hmm. That we don't have yeah. to kind of do, but you see these positive brothers doing all this, but it seemed like we're all going different avenues. But we're still the same, just because it translates into something else. Mm-hmm. We still was fed that same thing. We are what the world would say more intelligent. We've now did what I think was the biggest thing that was kept from us was we could scream money, but it was education. One thing I was, I, I love the fact of, uh, the documentary when uh, when uh, tell them tell them we're rising. I love to see that when I learned that a white person could do just about anything to a slave, yeah, because it was their property. But the one they couldn't do is teach them to read and write. And so now that we are reading and writing, now we are doing more thought. We can start solving the problems that are happening. That was. You know, that was created by this system that we know was just to capitalize. The one thing I will say I'm happy about being in Roanoke that 
we have like that hundred thousand. It's right at a great sweet spot of number that you can have an impression of the overall what's happening because it's not just happening here in Roanoke. It's happening everywhere. We just see it a little bit more because how can you watch knowing what you know? This is a very intelligent man. Knowing what you know, very intelligent man. I pointed to both of the brothers who are in here. Knowing that there are people who are coming out of it. But now, even when you try to bring it to them, they don't want it. Because what I would say to your point, to your question is, just keep doing what we are already doing. This level, I think Sherman is the best conduit for those young brothers that's 30 and below. That's coming up doing activity. Because I would hate to be a 25-year-old man or below right now because it's so challenging. It's so yeah. much. It's so many dynamics to mm-hmm. this thing of how they're trying to keep control of this system that was created that's getting holes now. You got rich black people. You got influential black people. You got mm-hmm. law changers. You have medical people. There is, there is, there's, there's starting to be some, some, some light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. But it's got to try to grab it back in and that's why this stuff is coming. But hopefully just keep doing what we're doing is what it's what we can do to keep it going. Okay. I said, well, we're, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. And I was just saying, looking at things, look at some of the issues. I think some of the biggest issues, and what we've seen some of the crime in Rono is I think some of the same all over is the gangs. And, yes. I, and I really, I think we missed that. Like when I was coming up, I was at Fleming, um, and this young man, it was more neighborhoods. It was mm-hmm. neighborhoods. Right. You had the Villa Heights, you had Lincoln Terrace, right. but no one, no one was, you know, now it's Bloods and Crip. Now those same neighborhoods are affiliated as being a Blood or a Crip neighborhood. And I think, you know, those are some of the things now. And, and I know some of the, some of the killings that we've had, especially some of the young guys in a couple of years over there behind Fern Cliff. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of this has been going back and forth. You know, this person is supposed to murder this person or, you know, and it's all over these games. And I just think that, you know, one of the biggest things yesterday, I posted on Facebook, I was in um, Ohio at a criminal justice conference and I, and I spoke on a panel there and uh, it was it was a guy named Adrian Jones. He was a blood from uh, Columbus, Ohio, older guy. And he, I say he's probably he's probably close to 50 now, around 50. But he started the bloods okay, in yeah, Columbus, exactly. Ohio. Okay. Mm-hmm. When I tell you this, but this pro- I shed a tear yesterday. Mm-hmm. I could, that's how powerful he was. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he, he, he shared a story about how much he believed in it. He went to jail. He became a blood. He started the bloods and he cried. I mean, his story about all the people that died, his younger brother, his brothers died for the game and mm-hmm. just how he's now a, a violence intervention specialist and he's, He's able to reach guy, and he still had on his red hat. That's right. He had on his. He. I went outside. Me and him walked to the car. I was like, "Hey, you need to come to Roanoke. It'd be good for you to talk to some folks." Um, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I wear this represents you know that they passed away, and this is how I reach them. You know, when they see me, if I put on a suit like you, they don't see me as that. Right. Mm-hmm. But he was like, it was like me. He was like, you know, Nipsey Hussle the same mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. You know, I look like this. I'm able. What they trying to do? I'm able to tell them that none of that's worth. And he was. I mean, he's very powerful. But I think things like that has happened. I think a lot of times the gangs, the street life has been glorified. Yeah, man. And it takes people who've been that life. And some people who want out can take role models such as us and say, hey, man, I want to strive to do that. And then sometimes it takes. And that's why I kind of wanted to get him to be able to talk to somehow talk to other folks that are in that are in that life to know they can come out. Yeah. OK. OK. Yeah. Well, good, bro. This is, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, uh, we can talk more about this. Oh, as well. we can, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, 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 I do have hope. 
um, for the for our brothers here, especially in this area. Like I said, there's many people in this area that are doing great work. Um, you know, um, off the top of my head, Jarrell Rhodes, yeah, Tank, with the Renaissance Academy is doing great work. Uh, young brothers like Ryan Bell and yeah, Jordan man. Bell and Xavier yeah, uh, Duckett, I can go on and on. They're doing positive things in this community and and I, I think we need um, I, I'm at an age well uh, I'm older than both of you guys mm-hmm. which you know I'm still I can still do some you know I can run a little bit mm-hmm. I probably can run down a, around to the door yeah, but. You know, <laughs> hey, old I'm getting I'm realizing Eric, we all young yeah, 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 yeah that's right yeah. wisdom takes place right. yeah. you have that wisdom yeah. Yeah, yeah. but um, but I'm, I'm excited um, to see I'm excited in seeing that this is going on and, and this is happening Happening. And um, I think I think it's uh, we're planting seeds. I think we're planting seeds. So let's um, let's talk about our next subject, which is um, black income in the United States and, and, and actually in this area, too. Um, there was a recent in October 3rd last week. Uh, there were headlines, um, uh, information about the new Census Bureau spotlighting a continued rise in income inequality. Um in the past 50 years, um, the measure of uh, income inequality rose to this highest recorded level in 50 years, signaling that the distribution of income in the United States is the most uneven and, and been since um, with the Bureau since tracking it in 1967. However, it does show uh, economic progress in black households. 2018, the medium household income level um, reached around $41,511. And that's a slightly increase in previous years of, of $41,134. Slight increase, but it sh- does show that it is some increase in, 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 in income levels here in, in our, in our country. Now, what do you, I know here in Roanoke, the poverty, uh, rate here is around 24%. Here in Rono, from from my last information a couple of years ago, and most of it is in our in our in our neighborhood in the northwest area. Having seen that, what do you think are some of the call uh, reasons of why income? It is coming up, and I don't know if Roanoke is being affected by this. I know when I looked at this, it says different parts of the city. A lot of people on the west coast. Um, are the income levels are rising? Metropolitan areas, especially in DC and Atlanta, and those uh, southern cities, metropolitan cities, we're seeing income levels being raised or uh, being higher. But Roanoke is not. We're, we're, we're building it, but we're not a metropolitan city. Right. And so, what do you think about? The level of incomes, especially in here and and in our community. Well, I think I think you know. I think overall, the economy is doing well in, in America. And I think that, you know, is the old saying that they say. So I think that that contributes with, you know, overall, the, the economy is doing better. So the African-American economy is doing better. But just like they say, when America catches a cold, the black community catches pneumonia. Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so once we see the change in that. But I think, you know, right now what we you know, you've seen the economy. There is, you know, with the Internet and there's a lot of different ways to earn income before traditionally. Uh, I mean, untraditionally had you used to. So I think there's more opportunity um, for entrepreneurs. There's more opportunity to create brands. There's more opportunity to create awareness, which ultimately translates to revenue. Um, 
For Roanoke, unlike a lot of metropolitans, is that it's, it's it's a little bit different. You know, our population is different, and I think it's structured where um, a lot of the jobs that we see coming in, we see Carillion coming in, right. and they're you know kind of higher end, but not as much, uh, that, not as many jobs that might be able to help out. You know, um, you want to say? I mean, just you know, middle range paying jobs. Mm-hmm. I know. I think Carillion's. I mean, opening up. $90,000 a year paying job, but you have to have the degree, the credentials right. and everything to do that. Um, I think that it's important for us to develop entrepreneurs here in Rono. And, you know, and that's why, uh, um, you know, I'm our, you know, all of us at this table, you know, entrepreneurial aspects, because I think that that's the key until, you know, it's not the infrastructure industry that you have in a Charlotte and metropolitan area that can really take it to the next level. Right. Um, right. So that's the most, uh, I, I think that's the biggest key that we can do here, but it's still creating. I think that's one of the things in Roanoke is, is trying to create and get uh, the income levels up in Roanoke uh, for us. But I think it's, it's entrepreneurial. And I think the things that we can do, if we can support each other a certain to a certain extent, I think that we can, uh, come together and do that. Yeah. I just want to piggyback time. that, man, because yeah, um, <clears throat> that's exactly, that's why I didn't even say, because that's exactly why, man, that's that's your ideology. When I brought here back, Focus Radio uh, was the first um, service that we put out, but the brand, we're a business ecosystem. It's, 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 it's for that sort of thing. If at one time it benefited the country to own a section of people, how much more Will the country benefit from those said start understanding how to own themselves? And so the entrepreneurship, especially in our black community, is so exciting right now. Yes, there's challenges, but it's so exciting to see these very brothers you're talking about, to see this brother, because his money is very long. You know no, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a long way, man. Money very long. long. <laughs> every day. But to see, but to see that now it's long, not because he took this thing that's being the propagandist saying only rich cats we got is playing ball which he could have played ball at that level and things like that but I love for Seattle I didn't hear the exploit so one of the best teams that Fleming had and I'm going to say one of the best because that 90 that 91 team was pretty thorough we had Tank and Champ and all those guys but they had a team and he was handled he was conducting that team. He okay. was running that team. He was the quarterback. And you see that guy in a mental health space knowing that there's so many opportunities in um, the healthcare space. Uh, obviously, if, if Carillion is bringing another 250 on the 250, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's obviously some opportunity in the healthcare space. And those are things that our community normally don't talk about. We're so used to going to do the service jobs versus now we're being educated and getting away from traditional means of education. By now getting away from just solely relying on just the traditional means of education, having mentors that's taking people on, let me help you get your business started. So now these contracts that you've been so used to go getting a job working for someone else, now you know how to write your own contracts. You know how to do the business for yourself. And now you become one of those 1,700 businesses here that's four employees below but are producing enough to sustain coming out of poverty. If we get more people coming out of poverty, even though that 40,000 is still getting out of poverty, we're getting out of poverty. We get enough coming out of, I say, to come out of poverty, which we're tracking that way. 
we're gonna be all right. That's why I like Roanoke right now because it looks good to me. Yeah, it, it looks I, really I agree. I, you know, when I moved back here, um, you know, I've been an entrepreneur all, um, ever since. Well, I worked, I worked for a corporation for ten years. Learned, learned what I need to know, mm-hmm. and then I left. Yep, I took those skills, that training, and then said I wanted to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my family, uh, my, my family business is, is the church. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I have, you know, my father's a minister, my grandfather's a minister. I have 10 uncles mm-hmm. that are ministers. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so that's the family business. Now, um, that's not a family business. I don't think I have the characteristics right now mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be in, mm-hmm. but that is the business. But I did learn of being in control of your own destiny. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing that, um, I hope that we can continually to try to build with our younger brothers who are interested in that path of building, of being an entrepreneur because it's powerful, man. Yeah. It's powerful to have that kind of feeling that, you know, this is mine mm-hmm. and this is, and it's something that you cannot really take away from me if I continue to put the work into yeah, it. Right, right. Yeah. You still got to put the work. You know, right. we always have people dreaming, I want to own this. Right, right. I want to do this. I want to, but they don't understand sometimes, especially when they see us. Mm-hmm. Owning things, mm-hmm. you know, like they, you know, Sherman, you own a, a successful business, mental health. Mm-hmm. You, the people is, you know, I can do that. Right. You know I mean, and, and you don't understand that <laughs> first right. of all, you started, you didn't just start and walk into this. Right. You had to build it. Right. Oh, yeah. You had to build your infrastructure. I had yeah. to build my infrastructure. And they just see the results of it, but they don't understand what it really takes to build this up and especially the barriers Mm -hmm. that we had to incur Mm -hmm. as well. You know, when I started trying to get a bank loan from any, any commercial bank, it was, you know, Mm -hmm. you just forget it. Right. Right. You had to go. I don't know how you guys started, but it took, same here. Yeah, it took mom and pops, and then you had to take some. You know, I was fortunate to have my fraternity brothers, mm-hmm. who who I don't know if they felt sorry for me or not, but mm-hmm. they, but they gave me the money to start right. my business, and I always and forever debt for them doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, those are the type of structures that we had to come in place to kind of even start building though our dreams. Yeah. yeah, I think just to go back a little bit, what. The issue with Roanoke is we are we are a certified certified metropolitan. We're just a sanctified one. When then in the one and talking to church because I am spiritual. I I took on the cloth of minister. That was my first entree back to Roanoke. A lot of people know in two thousand five I came back doing a church because okay. that's what God had called me to do. But even with then, it still requires for you to generate revenue for the people or else how do they eat? And so now it's kind of translated that I've had to come out of that because the one opportunity I know Roanoke is missing is the entertainment, the things of what we have probably one of the hottest producers in the game out there right now, right out of Roanoke, who's Parents both are entrepreneurs. That type of activity, that connection should start driving more revenue to this city as well as build up our community. But because a lot of times we don't get that, we kind of say we have that that approach that someone owes me. Like you say, oh, man, I could do that. You did it. Oh, I can do that. Let me in. Put me on. Right. Without even taking the same methodology we took when someone was now giving us below minimum wage 
every two weeks. Yeah. So I said, I really keep on speaking on the education, but not just the traditional form of education, because a lot of times people overlook that part. When people say school, you went there to learn what you're going to and how you're going to manage in the workforce. That's what school was. Nine hours, you're doing different skill sets, and you see how you measure up against your peers in there. After you go up the pattern to go to high school, to college, people start dropping off. You don't have as many owners. Like Jay-Z said, start paying them invoices. <laughs> it ain't as easy as yeah. you thought. But we have to have that in order to keep the progression going in our community, making money, I believe, yeah. personally. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think we here in Roanoke, and I've always wanted to see like a black chamber of commerce. And yeah. Just yeah, why, why don't we have, I mean... Even mm-hmm. Seattle has a black mm-hmm. chamber of yeah, commerce. I mean, just <laughs> getting, the, the, getting the businesses together and say, okay, well, we're a business together. We, <clears throat> we want to see ourselves succeed. And we're going to put a, um, you know, we're, we're going to put the community at notice that we're here and we want to be able to support each other in a structured way that helps us advance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, really important. I'm on a lot of boards and things around the city and you know I sit in these boards sometimes in these meetings and you know of course every nonprofit you're on board it comes yeah, they believe the, the, fund, right. the fundraising <laughs> right. point should come yeah. up, right? Right. <laughs> and I'm just amazed that of how many when you look at it just how much money mm-hmm. you know that they're talking about that, that they talk about that they're able to access that people have in the community that you know it's just that that we as African Americans here, it's just we don't we don't have the access to that capital, or we're not we're not given a I guess an opening to even understand, and, and it all goes back to segregation. But you know, we don't know about certain businesses, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get exposure. How you get exposure business if someone allows you to say, "Hey, I'm doing this. This is how I did it, and this is how I started." And mm-hmm. You can be successful if you are doing that too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Verona, it's outside of, you know, professions, very rarely you have many people that, and, and just in different professions at large that show you how. And I think that us getting more, uh, entrepreneurs that can be successful, that can be examples to other people and that we can support and sustain them will really build up, I think, a different infrastructure. And I like, like the, the inner, like this, one thing is, I think for me, and I travel all the time, is there's a lack of quality entertainment things to do that are specifically geared towards African, young African Americans. Mm-hmm. We have very few. And I try to take advantage. I know when you were in the park with the with the go, I, I made a mm-hmm. point to come by there. Appreciate it, man. And, and yeah. um, but you know we don't have that. We right. don't have a festival. I mean, right. I go out of town some. And, and you can't com- compare to cities, but I go to Houston sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm yeah. in Houston mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And my friends, we wake up, I'm gone, I'm like, let's go do this. And they're like, so why you want to do all this stuff? I'm like, I'm sorry, y'all are used to this. Just yes, right. Yeah. We don't have, right. <laughs> we right. don't have this. Yeah. Right. yeah. You know, it's just a regular day at the park and it's yeah. 3,000 black people out here. I'm like, this happens only a couple times a year on them. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, so this is something that, but all of that, a, a lot of, Success. If you go downtown, you look at the restaurants. Who owns the restaurants? A lot of these things are byproducts of successful business. People have success other businesses. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I'm a lawyer at such and such, and I own this restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But me and my buddy, mm-hmm. you know, well, if we yeah. get to the point where me and you, we can put together a few thousand dollars mm-hmm. and open a spot, mm-hmm. and everybody goes to it. Mm-hmm. 
And we're catering to who? Our friends and right. people that like. And that's that's pretty much how it goes. So, mm-hmm. But in order to do that, you got to build a certain level of successful entrepreneurs that's able to, you know, make ventures out and uh, and sustain. Yeah. Well, I, I like the uh, I really like the idea of doing a, a black chamber. When I came back, that was the first thing that I was looking for when I came back. Where is there a black chamber of commerce? I mean, I'm looking at, is there a directory of, of businesses where if I wanted to put my dollars back into the black community, who do I go to? Yeah. I mean, and there, and that was the, it was a sad commentary for me to really learn that when I came back, because I assumed Mm -hmm. that we will have one. And, Mm -hmm. and again, I mentioned when I was in Seattle, the, the population is probably as, of black people mm-hmm. uh, is probably around much the same as a Roanoke mm-hmm. in total. Mm-hmm. And they had a black chamber mm-hmm. and they, now I'm not saying it was all uh, peaches and cream, mm-hmm. but, going, but there was a chamber to mm-hmm. do that. And, and we need to have an advocate organization on the behalf of businesses. We have a lot of things that are going to be happening here mm-hmm. in this city, downtown mm-hmm. as well. Construction downtown that there are tons of contractors here, African-American contractors, that are not going to have the opportunity mm-hmm. to get a, be a part of that and to have something like a chamber to advocate for that. that is, that's huge. I think it's still, uh, I'll be the advocate in this portion in the sense that I still, I still think it's on demand. It's like, because when I look at you two brothers right now, you all have what, those entities do. By the way, I was with the closest black chamber. I won't say who they are. And there was some <laughs> shenanigans going on. <laughs> and then yeah. let me just be told, let me just, in a sense that it was like, I want to make sure the business idea that we get and understand how it's important that we come together. So let me get back to my point. Urban professionally, I've seen this brother coming. I've seen these young professionals offer an ability and see who's out there doing things and saying, hey, we'll help. But if a person is not educated, a person doesn't really have the drive to go do it, that help is going to seem like, oh, you trying to get over versus they didn't apply themselves. Same for you. You bought a magazine that celebrates us. Now, of course, we have to do a proportion because how can we now talk about uh, ideology that doesn't include us if now we turn around and don't include, you know, the other ethnicity. So I love the fact that you've given those opportunities, but people still probably don't, especially our community, don't understand the value of advertising from your platform. Mm -hmm. So until we continue to educate that, we're going to be the ones that have to keep on leading the charge and say, look, I ain't going to let y'all. This is the one thing I had to deal with. I had to deal with being successful everywhere else and come home and say, well, it ain't working here. A lot of it's not working because you my homie. And if I'm telling you, you need to change up a little bit and put a little bit more business acumen to this thing that's going on around you that you can get in and help the other ones. <laughs> hey, right. go see Sherman. Right. <laughs> I mean, use your insurance to get it paid, but go see him because you got something going on. Right. And those are the things that we have got to keep on going with. And I'm so excited that people like us, I think we're well proportioned because I would gauge you as my brother's age. He just turned 50. I'm 45. And I'm thanking you right 
coming up to 40. You're coming up. You're, ain't, ain't quite there yet. You, get, you ain't coming. there, but you're coming up on your way. And, and, and that's been where I feel like the biggest impact of us can be. When I look at the major cities that I operated in, that 30 to 60 dynamic figured it out. Yeah. And they start putting things together, didn't keep waiting on the city or any other municipalities to give them any things. They took what's our highest and best use with the buildings and the stuff we have here. Hence why I position myself down in historic Gainesboro. Okay. Highest, best use, man, we can get 100 years ago, they figured it out. 100 years ago. Now we got technologies, we have things that we can do here. Link that with you right here. Mm. And then him, man, we look good. And just keeping us. Now we not having to worry about the people who's not getting it. Just keep leading the charge because it's our reform. The thing that a black chamber of commerce could do, you guys, in my opinion, are already doing it. Now we just got to keep everybody excited to take advantage of it, man. Yeah, exactly. And I would say formalize that. And I think one thing is, but we just got to support each other. And that, yeah. I know that's always there, but you know, for me, you know, there are a couple of, uh, you know, it's black rest. It's black things. Right. Wrong. Like, you know, we've had functions and, um, we've been like, okay, well, we can go downtown to this posh spot or that posh spot with, with virtually. And we said, okay, well, well, people coming out, I think it's important. We'll go to two thirteen, or we'll go to, uh, and I like uh, Ray Savage. He's, he's doing a mm-hmm. um, a spot mm-hmm. uh, on on Williamson Road. Mm-hmm. I know he's been doing good with that. Yeah. But just supporting. Mm-hmm. But I think formally, and this may be something that comes out of this podcast here, mm-hmm. it's just formalizing something where it is a chamber or, of such to foster businesses together and and to promote them as, mm-hmm. as a whole. Well, good. We can talk more about this, but I, I, it's exciting to have this kind of conversation, and I, I feel the love in the room, brothers. Y'all just love. heard it. Y'all just heard it happen right here. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's trans let's transition to our uh, our next subject, and uh, of course, it's about health. Mm. Um, you know, I always try my best to stay healthy. I try mm-hmm. to eat healthy. But of course, I'm always I'm always slipping and sliding on that. But it's important to all of us, as we we're just talking about. We're getting older, and uh, one thing that I've learned there's some statistics here about our health. Diabetes is 60 percent more common in Black Americans than White Americans. Blacks make up 2.5 percent more likely to suffer limb amputation. And 5.6 times more likely to suffer kidney disease than other people with diabetes. African Americans are three times more likely to die of asthma than white Americans. Strokes kills four times more 35 to 54 year old black Americans than white Americans. Blacks have nearly twice the first time stroke risk of whites. Of course, we all talk about it with our, our grandmothers and our grandfathers. Blacks develop high blood pressure. That's right. Early in life with much higher blood pressure levels than whites. Fat back. Okay. <laughs> Nearly 40% of black men and more, actually more than 40, 45% of black women age 20 and older have high blood pressure. We have a lot of health issues in our community. Absolutely. And then you just as well. We need to include mental health. Oh, yeah. The lack of really acknowledging the fact that there is some mental health issues in our community. Oh, yeah. What, you know, I, besides of just trying to follow that, what can we do to 
try to right the ship in some of this in our community. Well, I mean, we have to think about, too, the economic uh, issues, too. I mean, Absolutely. As well as involved in that. And it goes back to the same thing. In America as a whole, as, as African-American people, our main issue was just to survive and to mm-hmm. be alive. And, and, mm-hmm. and so what do we do? You know, chitlins come from that's what was left over from that's the right. pig for us to eat. So you, you get into habits of where we were given the worst food and we these are this has became cheaper food that we've grown up on that we've had to season to our delight to give it some flavor or to make it not be the worst that we've had. And these are foods that became staples and the eating patterns are things that we grew up on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mother, I mean, I, you know, diabetes, rampant in family. Mm-hmm. Um, these are things that we've seen. But I think that now as we look at the economy is kind of getting better in African Americans, we got to look at it. But it's breaking generational. I mean, this is a battle, you know, I, I've, with my parents and say, hey, we see what this food is doing to us, but right. it's something that's, I, you know, mm-hmm. when I come in the house and I'm like, why do we have this? What did y'all eat? <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard to break. It's, it's a generational thing. And, and of course, with mental health as well, um, a lot of times, as I said, you know, survive the, the uh, it's always been a stigma with mental health. And, and like, and, and I think when I was on your show and I was talking about that, a lot of times we in the black community, oh, he crazy. Right. And a lot of times, cause we go through so much, um, we go through so much trauma, trauma depression yeah, and the man. PTSD is there. And we look at, sometimes we wear it as a, a badge of honor, right. but it's actually trauma that we are not, you know, that guy crazy. Oh, he hard. Or don't go to don't go him. He's dealing with issues that he only knows how to respond in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so those things, sometimes they result in other people dying mm-hmm. of them, killing themselves, killing them with domestic violence, because there's a root of a lot of issues from a mental health aspect that we refuse to even look at. And yeah. the, the, the trickling effect of that is now we're not present. In the spaces that capitalizes off of those deficiencies. For that boy who's wild, he's now banged somebody up. Now they've had to go to the hospital. We don't have ourselves. I saw on that same documentary I talk about, we have less um, black um, students sign up to go through the um, the Howard Medical um, and Medical and Law programs now than they did back a hundred years ago. We're having less in, in a sense that we're not showing up to be present as doctors. We are accepting the oil Lord Joshua. Therefore it's not in our mind on the forefront to make sure our health. And I said all that because I had to deal with sickle cell, which is, right. uh, is like they would say 90%, but I would say almost a hundred percent for black America. It's one thing black is one thing to start in our black means there. And the reason why it hasn't been fixed, because we haven't had enough representation in that space to push for it to get fixed. That's the thing. I, I, I noticed that in losing my son. So now it took for me to get active in that and see there were others getting active and now do what you, what we could do to get more people present there. The more people we get present, the more black America we get present in law enforcement, especially that's why I love his track, man. I love his track, him and his father, man. Cause I know he gets tired of hearing the accolades of his dad, but that's gotta be a great thing. Cause we're missing that too. The handoff of what, like what your dad, a lot of people, 
Forget how much your father did for this city, your mother as well. What you all did in saying ideas that come from our community that we can have hope and do. Now see it translating your father being mayor and you doing the things you're doing coming in, not on the other side of the wall, but now understanding criminal justice and things like that, that could really help these people if we want the help. But if we don't want the help, it's going to keep on saying we can be role models. But that's why I'm being more of a real model. I'm now a real model saying, look, man, these brothers doing what y'all saying need to happen. What are you doing to change your dialogue? What are you doing to change it for yourself? And now stop saying that they ain't with us because they're not here fussing about the same things y'all fussing about. That's right. Yeah, man. You know, it's interesting. Uh, There was a when I came back to Roanoke, I saw a, a gentleman that I actually grew up with. This man used to come to my house. He lived down the street from me in Wilmot. And I was in the Wilmot Farms area. Mm-hmm. He, he lived down the street from me. He and his brother, his brother, his brother went to school with me. He had a younger brother. Lived down the street, used to come to my house, used to play, used to tear up in my house. Mm-hmm, my mom mm-hmm. get mad. And I saw this brother. Literally, and you see him now walking the streets mm-hmm. of Rono. Mm-hmm. He's constantly all. Every time mm-hmm. I drive, I see him all the time, mm-hmm. and he's walking. Mm-hmm. I grew up to this, grew up mm-hmm. this brother, and when I went up to him, he barely. I even mentioned my name, and I've known him like for 10, 10 15 years before I left. Right, he could not remember my name. That's and, right. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm recognizable. No, no, no. But just it took him a while, and then. He refused. I mean, it was like he was seemed just dazed. And, and and I don't think it was. I think I, I've been told the history behind it, but it's still mental health and it's and still yeah. not getting treated. It's not getting and treated. It's not getting treated. And I'm dealing with this. I'm going to be as candid as possible yeah. with all that I'm doing for the city. My objective was to get after I lost my oldest son. Let me get my next son. Let me put him in place. He's a musically inclined very intelligent young man, but he was diagnosed at 16, just came out in court. Hear that. He just came out in court because he's now in jail for malicious, aggravated assault. Right. However, I military bound types have stayed away from jail. So my not understanding mental health did not know other than, Hey, I'm going to take him to the services I know to try to get treated. He was diagnosed at 16, which for some reason came through the cracks. He's 23 now with, um, oh, my God, psycho, um, paranoid schizophrenia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Someone where other people who have all, everybody's like, oh, he's just crazy. He's just like yeah. that. He's just wild. He's yeah. just wild. He's a wild boy. He's he just a wild that. boy that now it. has translated that he's now on the other side of the wall. Something that I made sure I never did. And I tried from my scope. I believe I talked to him once. Um, at the time, I couldn't do that because he said he's got to go get treated himself. I talked to the sheriff. Can't, my means, I know. Talk to Dr. Deneen Evans and stuff. I know they don't mind because I'm not, I'm not being critical of them. I'm saying this is how present it's not once it goes to court. Once mm-hmm. it goes to court, if you don't, if, if we don't know which we're not used to doing that, bring that forward. And because we're not present, you have stuff happening. So I have an even more, my first was sickle cell. I feel like we're getting there. Now I'm committed to get us present in that mental health thing because 
we can now first save our families from going through that more trauma and we can start winning economically if we take those things because I think I know the same brother you're talking about that's a brother who grew up with my, me same with my brother and stuff like that who has value yeah. that now we get treated we can now put them into the game because yeah. it's not about black and white in a sense that now we're trying to keep this thing going. But we are in our community and I can say that because I'm a black man and we'll be there until the day I die. We are underperforming in some areas, too. Yeah, they like when we played against Wilson Road. Yes, they have a lot of different um, rules that's coming against us, but we're underperforming. And that's when the space is. And I take person because my son is behind the wall right now. Because I did, because we didn't, and something happened, right? You know, but I came first about it more so. Say now, I'm determined to go on the stronger, and I'm committing more people who have watched families die to unnecessary violence, yeah. cats going spending twenty and thirty years just because because a homie that I grew up shot another homie over there because of some girl was arguing. Now you didn't done, you didn't killed him, and you got forty years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well. You know, I think also we need to make sure that when we're talking about health, that we also need to make sure that we need to have black people more in the medical Definitely. arena. That's what I was because, trying to say. I don't yeah, say a lot yeah, of stuff, yeah. but that's exactly what I was trying to say. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. You're technically you're so much better. Than <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said a whole bunch of other. That's exactly no, no, what I was trying to say. Well, we do because they can focus because they can focus on ourselves right. and some of the issues, the sickle cell yeah. and the lupus and, and things the other like stuff got things. fixed in the other communities because it affected that community right. so somebody who was in the doctor said "Ooh, let me do something about it yeah. if we don't have no doctors present that it affected it, it's not gonna get done well great hey guys thank you we're going we're starting to wrap up this and you know I, i'm delighted that we did this yeah man. and um i think we need to do this again and and also have some other brothers in here and and if you wish to come back on we really greatly appreciate you doing that i i i enjoyed this thoroughly now, one part of our show that we usually do, do we usually talk about what they look forward, what you look forward to this week um, in the community or um, out, you know, whatever you thought, you, whatever thoughts you are. And so I'm going to start youngest to oldest. Right. And so uh, I think that's you, Sherman. Yeah. <laughs> what am I looking forward to? Um, now, I guess, can I, I know we, we probably will talk about it, but I do look forward to city council. Moving the elections from May to November because I think there's going to be yes. a, allow a lot more people to participate in the process, mm -hmm. and I think yeah. that going to November and, and this being someone who's you know uh, I worked every May election since <laughs> I was young, you mm -hmm. know that I can remember just helping out and managed some campaigns, worked on some campaigns. And I just think it's going to be, you know, the the availability for people in the city to get out and vote and to that want to vote, you know, to have one time a year. Hey, get out on this day and go cash your ballot and make your vote count. You have to forget about it. You, know, you won't forget because you'll be reminded and there'll be a lot more people on the ballot, which to me, a lot more people on the ballot and a lot more people helping to get people out to the polls. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. And I think that um, some things have happened that, that, and, and votes have been made that put us steps to make that in the right direction. And hopefully that gets solidified here real soon. I do want to I do want to interject this, man, because I, I think it's extremely important. I wanted to 
really do a shout out to your father, man. Yeah, man. I attended the city council meeting and it was a wild and ruckus <laughs> council meeting, but he kept his composure and he showed leadership, not only just for African-Americans, but, but for the city to make the decisions to move forward when he had people truly opposing him. Mm-hmm. That is things that I gravitate to the issue of leadership. Yeah, that's what he does. I, 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 yeah. mean, <laughs> that, that, I, I mean, he do that. I have, I, like I have, I have, you know, I know I've talked to your father many times, but when that was a time when I truly saw mm-hmm. him demonstrate that strong leadership mm-hmm. and, and I, I was blown away. I actually text your father and let him know <laughs> that, I, mm-hmm. that I did it, but I was extremely impressed because he didn't have, they kept coming at him mm-hmm. to stop him moving this vote forward. And he kept pushing back. That's right. And he kept doing it mm-hmm. until he got it done. That's impressive. Yeah. He had much, he had mad respect for me on mm-hmm. that. So I just, just want to throw that shout out. I'm sorry. Appreciate it, man. No, no. No, Tommy, go ahead. I'm looking forward to uh, us taking advantage of the opportunities. Um, the, the, specifically black males. I really love that we've done this. I think it's divine. I like the three parts of it. I love, uh, that this manifested on the day. And, and I'm encouraged because I look at, so many brilliant minds and so many cats that I know could translate what we've always thought is the only way or the habits into legitimate revenue generating businesses. Mm-hmm. Our ideology, we've been able to stay over 150000 for the past two years in that building. That's not a whole bunch, but from what we're doing, it's it's going forward. If I can get nine other businesses up in there on that corner, we got a million dollars worth of business, and now you're starting to have an impact. So getting brothers to see we have this opportunity there. Oh, by the way, Jay-Z didn't become rap's first billionaire because he was the best. He always kept a business and stayed independent from the jump is why that happened. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Tommy. I think I'm looking forward to, I know recently a uh, young man, um, Xavier Duckett, uh, sent invites to a lot of the African-American brothers in Facebook and say about an event he's throwing. I don't know all brother the details. Brunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, brother, brunch of, a brunch of brothers or something. A like that. brunch of brothers, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, that's and, good and, yeah. I, and I think he actually reached out to everyone and asked them to try to break the icebreaker mm-hmm. approach people to get to know each other. And eventually... He's scheduling a brunch that's coming up. I know it's, it's soon. November 10th. Is mm-hmm. it November 10th? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad good. I know I'm being town. Yeah, okay, right, good, because right. I'm glad I'm going to be in town because I'm leaving it. soon after yeah. that. The yeah. CIAA championship game is the ninth. That's Saturday, so I know right. I'll be here for that, and it's mm-hmm. Sunday. Okay, great, yeah. great. Big shout out for your pops for bringing that here to keep yeah, it here, yeah, too. Yeah, keep it and that just that. getting um, in the Hall of Fame without that, yeah, man. The city is bumping right now, man. So I'm... I'm. I'm excited about that concept that that young brother created mm-hmm. because that starts, that's the building blocks of what we've been talking about earlier in this podcast, talking about bringing us, bringing black men together mm-hmm. and engaging in the conversations and also learning about each other. And then hopefully based on that, it can spill off into a, a black chamber of commerce. It can spill out to doing things around entertainment. It can spill out to, um, to other things. And so I am, I'm looking forward to seeing that happening in that. And so kudos to, uh, brother Xavier Duckett for putting that together. So thank you guys. Thank you, brother. We're going to wrap up here and thank you. And thank you for listening to our voices, our community presented by colors, VA magazine. 
You can also listen to us each Sunday at 3 p.m. on WROE 95.7 Radio Free Rono. If you like what you heard today, leave us a review. Also, be sure to like our Voices, our community on Facebook. Thank you. Have a blessed day.